0: Hey everyone, it's Darlena with Doctors Who Create and as promised we have a really special episode for you all today. I want to thank everyone for their contributions. It was so great to hear all the submissions from the Doctors Who Create community and I'm just so inspired hearing all these stories. We've got talented artists and singers, cartoonists, board game designers. There's so much you can learn from this episode.
1: Hope you enjoy. Who am I? My name is Akshata Hopkins. I'm a boy mom. I'm a wife, daughter, and sister. I am an ENFJ and Enneagram 2 Wing 3. I am creative. I nurture others and learned that I needed to first nurture myself. Background in medicine. So clinically, I love the complexity and the challenge of pediatric hospital medicine. Over the last decade, it has become apparent that I never actually truly abandoned my inner five-year-old's dreams of being a teacher, and I'm an educator at heart and the Pediatric Residency Program Director at my institution. Creative outlet. Ever since I could remember, my creative outlet has been dabbling and experimenting with different craft mediums, um, from putting scrapbooks together, to vision boards, to Personalized gifts, I would create a visual expression of memories for myself and mostly to share with uh, friends and family Then I realized wait a minute. I I don't have to wait for a trip or New Year's or a birthday or events to Be creative Um, Quarantine helped me realize this and it was such an aha moment that I am grateful that my kids were there to witness it and now I'm like oh my goodness um, mommy is really stressed and overwhelmed right now Um, I know what I need to do I'm gonna go paint for 10 minutes and they see the benefit of this and um, so do I so I would say right now uh, my creative outlets are painting and I mean painting without even knowing where the brush will take me and I'll tell you like I had a fear of doing that and I don't even know why Um, but the release and just giving myself permission on the canvas to be messy and not even make lines to try and cross is actually super stress relieving. Um, I like to make memes and I make them with um, photographs that are on my phone inspired by moments of joy and grief or frustration or gratitude. And the practice of even creating it is a way of me to process feelings and Mentally kind of go back to a vacation or go back to that walk in nature or that hike um, and then putting them out in the universe through shared albums and um, on social media Um, I've enjoyed making these things called Wow casts wins of the week they're kind of like a podcast meets a slideshow in iMovie and also started as a way of me processing um, the quarantine and they all started with little mini lessons in wellness resiliency and and just life in general and not because i claim to say that i know it but it helped me remember it and putting it out there helped me stay accountable to some of those lessons and of course um, I followed the, the lessons with wins of the week um, for residents, co-workers, and families to kind of stay connected. Um, so challenges, um, challenges exist and life happens. So I think the two big takeaways were how I can react and respond to them. So changing the narrative and surrounding yourself with the right tools. So changing the narrative, um, feeling like there's no time, but remembering that it actually fills your vessel and the return on the investment in that time is compounded with interest. And getting over thinking that it is selfish and actually expressing creativity is resilience. Um, surrounding myself with the right tools. So. You know, I can control pieces of my environment. Uh, The phone, for example, is always with me for better or for worse. And now I have these like mini box of paint supplies and canvases in many places, including in my office at work, because 10 minutes can make a difference. So realizing that sharing and putting it out in the universe inspired others to listen to their heart and share back, that is where the magic happens and keeps it going.
2: Hey, thanks so much for having me. I'm Lakshman Swamy, I'm an ICU doctor, and I am working on creating critical care, the game, uh, a card game for the general public about intensive care medicine. So uh, how have I pursued creativity in medicine? I think medicine can actually really stifle creativity if you let it, Uh, it can be very rigid, the culture of medicine, but it also allows for expressions of creativity that are that are really, I think, unique to our experiences. When I was under a lot of stress, like dealing with death as an intern, I remember, I used uh, creative outlets to reflect, um, a little bit of kind of poetry, narrative writing. To be honest, it it wasn't a lot. I I thought of my creativity really as less formal, less typical than the ways that I saw creativity expressed around me in medicine. And my creativity was sort of, it was largely a separate thing from my work. I've never been a musician, a painter, uh, nothing like that. I really always enjoyed theater, but never had the time to do that more. It wasn't really something that I was pursuing throughout my training, but that all kind of really changed with, um, with COVID. I think the pandemic, uh, especially here in Boston in March and April, it really pushed me harder than I'd ever been pushed before, and into really a darker place in medicine than I had been. And I mean, I'm an ICU doctor. This was right at the end of my fellowship. I had um, spent a lot of time with with death and dying in the hospital, but this was this was different. And it really seemed endless. Um, and I was in a really weird place at first. I was I was totally totally immersed in this like COVID world. Um, you know, I was you know going to work and then coming back and, and listening to covid podcasts reading covid articles like everything was just covid 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 and and it really started to get to me after a while I was having you know bad nightmares really intense anxiety stress and eventually I kind of separated myself away from a lot of that um and I I was still doing the work but I I was kind of like I, I I'm not going to kind of change this thing just by like reading more about it all the time. So I found a bit of escapism. I was listening to novels and everything, but I was still kind of just disturbed by how corrupted medicine and the ICU felt to me. Um, You know, the the ICU was a totally different place during the surge, during during, uh, the worst of the COVID time, which is hopefully all behind us. You know the the doors were all closed to every room, the and between all the corridors, there were there were no families anywhere, the the usual kind of camaraderie, which was usually you know like laughter and people who have known each other for years, everyone kind of being there together, that was really muted. People were terrified. We were terrified of each other too, right? Um, and and so made me want to remember how the unit used to be, uh, a place that I really felt like home, not this very alien landscape of the COVID ICU. So a few of us had this idea actually last year for, for sort of a card game or board game about medicine, and I'd been tossing it around in my head for a while, and it just was sort of the perfect time to just throw myself into it, to do something that was both Different and the same, um, you know. That was that was definitely like an, in a way a way to process a lot of things that were happening, but but not to think about COVID and to and to kind of remember um, what the unit used to be like. So I did that, um, you know, after and before my time in the unit, my shifts. I would I would just start kind of working on um, sketching it out, coming up with ideas, putting it into an Excel sheet, and just like building it, building, building it. And I wasn't really thinking about where it would go. I just was doing it, uh, and and doing it was itself important to me. I think it, it was it was almost therapeutic, um, and that is what kind of turned into what uh, what is now critical care of the game. Um, so it's that was really exciting for me to kind of see something come out of that, something really creative, but really uh, deeply entwined with my sense of. Of medicine and who I am in medicine and 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 that huge part of my life um, so I think and again like how have I adapted creative habits from before the pandemic I didn't really have those traditional creative habits i I felt like I was really creative and sort of I was always trying to innovate. I would say things like, "Wouldn't it be cool to teach this procedure through Twitter?" Um, but it was it was usually just totally disconnected. I remember I used to um, like last year. I was making new rules for board games. There's a board game called uh, Star Wars Imperial Assault, uh, and it's not it's it's pretty complicated for for little kids. But I just adapted it so that my you know then like five year old and four year old could play um, and. And we had a great time. So so that it was just different. It wasn't really um, I don't know, it felt it felt very disconnected from from everything else. Advice for other doctors trying to stay afloat. Okay. I, I think a big part of my work has actually been studying burnout in clinicians. I've looked at it as an academic researcher, as a quality improvement leader, as a clinical team leader, as a fellow, as an attending. And I think the way that I would I would put it is that for for people who are under a lot of stress like this and experiencing burnout like this um i think it comes in sort of three there's three sort of ingredients to it the first is is feeling totally emotionally wiped out and exhausted and that's the moment when you are hearing a patient tell you something a family member tell you something and um you know, like you, you just feel kind of dead inside, and it's just not there. And you're like, I, I just, I'm so wiped out that I, I just can't care the way that I used to, and that's a terrible feeling. I think it's, it's something that we feel really guilty about too. Um, and there's, I think that the way that you counter that, in my mind, this is just sort of my, my approach. But the way that I counter that is, um, is by, by doing things totally outside of the work to renew that emotional. Um, and, and also physical, certainly exhaustion. And, and for me, a big part of that is sort of nurturing, going back to nurturing and building nurturing relationships with, um, with family and friends. And that's not an easy thing to do, especially now as we're so disconnected. And honestly, it, it's the kind of thing that I put off a lot, um, but just kind of just making it really a priority to connect with people. For me, this is like with my kids, of course, and just spending time with them is is very renewing. Um, but it, it's the same thing for, you know, just catching up with my brother, my cousins, whatever. So I think that's, um, that's really important to sort of renewing that emotional reserve, which you can't just look to doing in medicine because this is really affecting you and who you are. Um, so that's the sort of emotional exhaustion piece. I think the next piece is the sense of Like, I think a lot of people feel like what they're doing isn't meaningful. I think that's especially true during COVID because so many of the people that you'll work so hard and put so much of yourself into to take care of, a lot of people die and and you watch them die. And it's really hard and it's very easy to become cynical and to sort of um, feel like you yourself are not doing enough, not doing a good enough job, And I think this is, again, just my way of approaching it, but my way of approaching that is to do something totally outside of medicine that makes you feel productive, that makes you feel like you did something, built something. Obviously for me, that was something I really got from designing the card game, Um, but it's also true when I go for a run, uh, it's kind of like no one can take that from me that I did that. Uh, when I bake bread or something like all of these things are really sort of tangible feelings of accomplishment and I think that's really really important Um, and the third piece is is kind of the hardest and that's this idea of depersonalization of sort of really being confused about your identity Um, and when you're in that situation I think it's really important to find meaningful and intentional ways to process and reflect. And that's something that I think we talk about a lot, but very few people do. I think people do it in many different ways, honestly. I mean, for some people, it's like Rana Audish, one of my mentors and a brilliant critical care doctor and um, author of In Shock. She reflects by painting and you can see that. She posts it up everywhere and you can see in the work, the reflection for her. But that's what she does, I, that's not something I do at all. I think I reflect sometimes by writing a poem that's actually more rare for me, more often I'll reflect by reflecting with people on Twitter. I think that's okay. It, whatever it looks like for you is what it looks like, but you have to kind of chew the stuff that's in your head um, and and work work through it a little bit and really think about it because otherwise you can become like so many of us do at some point where you're just totally, totally cynical and removed. That's my advice: is do something that is really um, productive. Like make something that has a tremendous value. Do it outside of medicine. It shouldn't be a part of your work because it's a part of who you are. I think, it, like express yourself in whatever way is meaningful in in a in by creating something really, and and you know renew those emotional connections with the people that matter and, um, and if you can find a way to tie those in with reflection, great, otherwise do it in some other way. Being creative in medicine is challenging there's a lot of barriers, and you have to fight a lot of built in negativity um you know, I think it, it always feels a little bit like you're going going out of your lane um and I think it's it's kind of ridiculous, but it's very real it's very it's very weird if you you sort of become like oh oh that's the that's the that that's the doctor that writes poetry. Oh, that's the doctor that paints. So like, it's kind of like you're the one person that does that. Um, and it's almost like a hidden thing a lot of the time. You don't know that other people are doing these things. In our culture, I think um, there are certain forms of creativity that are more understood and there's others that are really confusing to people because we actually have a pretty narrow culture in medicine. That's not actually true about the people, it's just that that's the way we express ourselves and this sort of narrow idea of what is professional and acceptable. You know, I never like played an instrument, painted, drew, I never did anything like that meaningfully. I, I barely wrote that much and I think like it's okay that your creative expression can be something else. It can be literally anything. I would have never thought of myself as someone who's like designing a card game and really trying to build it and, and make it appealing and fun and everything. It's, there's so much else that goes into that. Um, so I hope that's I hope that's helpful. I'm super excited about the game. I'd love to to share with everyone more about it. You can you can uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Crit Care Game. Um, and it'll be on Kickstarter hopefully this fall. I'm always looking for more people to playtest it and give me feedback. Um, that's kind of like the best gift anyone gives me now is when they email me saying, hey, I played your game and this is what I thought. It's, it's incredible and it lets me make it so much better and, and um, people are having a lot of fun playing it. I think you will too, so please check it out. The way that I would respond to the challenges of being creative in medicine is to think about who you are outside of medicine. And obviously, I'm making a game about medicine, so I'm not. I'm not trying to say that you can't bring these things together, but that's not where I started. I started with being someone who loves board games, and then I said, I really want to bring these memories and this this experience of myself into it. I remember, you know, like people used to always say, and when I was in college, um, write what you know, right? That's write what you know, and I feel like that's what I was doing. I was kind of. It wasn't writing, it was making a board game, but it was about what I know. Um, But there can be a lot of different ways that you express yourself in that and that you find um, that creativity and and produce something. Um, Even if it's just for yourself, that can be really meaningful. You know, The medicine is a big part of who I am, but when I looked at it from that perspective from outside, I found something I was really passionate and excited about and brought medicine into it instead of bringing it into medicine. And I think that was really the key for me. Um, that this is first and foremost a game. It is second a game about medicine.
3: Hi there, my name is Nithya Rajeshni and I am a pediatrics resident at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. And I am also a singer. Music and the arts have always been an integral part of my life. From playing piano growing up, to doing Indian classical dance and hip hop, to first and foremost, singing literally every single chance I've ever had, from choir to musical theater to acapella, to doing the lead vocals for my medical school's viral music video parody, Dear Future Doctor. Dear future doctor, here's a few things you need to know if you wanna be my doctor and keep me. Alive. Those of you who have seen it may recognize me as the sassy patient, dishing attitude left and right to her doctor, but In reality, while my friends and family may say I am a tad sassy, I have always been a relatively quiet and soft-spoken person, except for when I sing. I am so soft-spoken, in fact, that it is a constant feedback I have gotten throughout my medical training, so much so that one of my advisors once told me that every time I get ready to present a patient, to instead pretend I'm stepping on stage, ready to belt my heart out. I laughed it off at the time, but it's something I reflect on often, that the stage where I get to sing, even if only in my mind, is safe, a place that feels like coming home. When I sing, it almost feels like the whole world goes silent, and there's suddenly this vast open space, inside and out, that feels quiet and yet so full. My favorite verse of poetry from Rumi's A Great Wagon goes, Out beyond ideas of wrongdoing and rightdoing, there is a field. I'll meet you there. When the soul lies down in that grass, the world is too full to talk about. Ideas, language, even the phrase each other, doesn't make any sense. That's what singing feels like to me. Like I and the world are full, replete. Like time has stopped and I'm somewhere in the ether, yet steadfastly tethered to the moment by a sense of human connection that feels larger than myself. For music, I've learned what it feels like to be in flow, and to understand the subtleties and complexities of not only my own emotions, but others as well. I've learned discipline and creativity, and that the world can feel magical and beautiful if you choose to experience it that way. It's literally shaped my worldview. So one of the hardest parts of being creative And I feel this all-consuming as medicine is that, at least certainly while you're in training, you can feel like you're losing an integral part of your identity, with little time, energy, and sometimes incentive to invest in creative endeavors. There are moments I have felt that this part of my brain is almost atrophying, moments when you start to fear that maybe you won't get back to the person you used to or want to be. But at the same time, I do strongly believe the arts, and especially music, have made me the person I am. As a physician, they have instilled in me a deep sense of empathy, a desire to connect, a commitment to humanism, and a willingness to not shy away from the often challenging emotions of illness. And while I am still figuring out how to keep creativity in my life, I am becoming increasingly confident that somehow I'll find the solution. Because for me to be me, I simply have to. questions on 15
4: minutes each and every time. Hey there, this is Jack Maple. I am a pediatrician and I work in Boston at Boston Medical Center. It's an academic medical center that is affiliated with the Boston University School of Medicine. Creativity has really been something that I felt was important to me when I applied to medical school and in some respects I made a bargain with myself that I would never let it go and I'm glad I did that. I think over time, I have found it to be a tool and a, maybe a sanctuary or a place where I can really let out my creative energy or sometimes let overflow energy just go. So I can come from a busy day or a hard clinic perhaps, or perhaps a rough rotation when I was a student or a trainee, and I was able to find ways in which I use my art to kind of get it out or work out the issues that I'm dealing with. Sometimes angst, sometimes frustration, sometimes fatigue, sometimes anger. Other times inspiration or happiness or trying to capture a vibe on an encounter I had. I am a pediatrician and my art is cartooning and so I've always had fun um, using cartoons of my friends, of my teachers in school or perhaps even in lectures in medical school. Um, I was inspired early on by a parent who was a amateur cartoonist and all the comic books and quote-unquote trashy comics and magazines I read as a kid like Mad Magazine and others, as well as animated cartoons like Chuck Jones and Bugs Bunny and Tex Avery have always been my heroes over time. So, you know, getting to medicine and getting to training and beyond, you know, I've found that uh, it's something I can, I'm happy, it's something I can kind of take with me and do quickly in seconds and doodles in the margins of my my notes uh, many of which I've kept over time or I've recopied and repurposed for other reasons maybe to publish or to post online these days Um, and over the years I have found that uh, cartooning is a way to connect with uh, new friends and peers like other students or new residents um, it is something that perhaps I don't carry like a flag, but it's something that I have become proud that I have because I feel it allows me to use humor, which has always been an important part of how I connect with patients and families and people. And so being able to do that is, can be by turns um, sometimes unexpected and sometimes incredibly effective in non-traditional ways. So that might be presenting a talk I might be doing a PowerPoint, for example, and use a cartoon that I did to uh, maybe drive home a point or to perhaps even make fun of myself as speaker. But all the the very idea being that you can use laughter, you can use levity, you can use the the use of line and a creative eye and thought to think of complicated ideas in simple ways. So that, that leads to the idea of using creativity and my art and my cartooning as a teaching tool. So that might be during a primary care visit, I can sit down and draw a picture of a kid's tonsils and the little uvula hanging down like a punching bag and what's gonna be there now and what's gonna be there when it's all gone or a side view of their head and where say a coronavirus swab is gonna go, whatever the situation, it can make things less scary. Um, And far more informally and far more Frequently, I use it just to have fun. It's a great icebreaker for my patient population. I see a child, they're four years old, they're totally freaked out, they might get shots or lab work that day. If I can sit down and draw their favorite animal or dinosaur or monster or whatever, we are going somewhere. And along the way, I can turn that around and use art in the middle of a medical visit to you know, break the ice, connect, and learn about them and what they're interested in. And I'm, of course, always delighted to understand and find out that there's a lot of other future artists down there who want to do anime or sculpture or game design or whatever that is. So, you know, the challenge is for me to keep it up. The challenge is for me to balance it. Uh, The challenge is for me to maybe make something uh, out of all of it one day uh, and to bring it together into something greater like a collection or an atlas or perhaps um, a blog or website series. So I'm working on that and that's kind of in my on my parking lot of ideas, but um, I do hope that this is helpful and inspirational to others who might be thinking about um, using their creativity. I do believe it's something for us to own individually and for us to be proud of, be you a musician, be you someone who likes to draw or paint or uh, whatever your outlet might be, uh, including writing and other pursuits. Um, I think there's a community out there of people who don't necessarily talk about it all the time, but are doing it all the time. And I really appreciate that there's a forum and a platform like this, where we can come together and discover each other and learn from each other and be inspired by each other. So my best wishes to everyone and get out there, create and have fun. Thank you.
5: Hi everyone. My name is Verali Shaw and I'm a second year medical student at Albany Medical College in upstate New York. To me, art is a tool, personal reflection and a source of continuous inspiration. The fine arts were an influential part of my childhood and led me to explore the intersection of arts and medicine in my medical career. Since the second grade, I played the flute, created oil paintings, and even danced competitively. However, as I began to prepare for medical school, I was so worried that I would have to give up on all these activities due to lack of time. There was a myth that any time devoted outside of studying and research in medical school was a waste. However, I realized I needed to find ways to continue my artistic passions. They were an outlet for relaxation, self-care and emotional relief. At first, it began with little things such as painting an emotional mental image of a powerful experience or writing a personal narrative of a patient interaction From a family medical emergency, living in the ICU for almost three weeks, giving hand massages in the dialysis unit and having my first encounter with death. My first year of medical school was filled with many unforeseen struggles. Creating paintings and narratives was a way of dissecting these complex incidents into simple, understandable thoughts. In addition, I got involved with an organization known as the Asimkala Initiative. The purpose of this unique organization is to spread awareness of narrative and performative medicine. Their mission, to provide a voice to untold women's stories, aligned with my personal values as a woman in medicine. I became a core researcher for the organization and performed in one of their dances, titled Tripura Sunduri. This performance focuses on the exploration of societal pressures around birth and blame for mothers. This dance uses traditional Indian styles to showcase the complex embryological process of a growing fetus and draws attention on the impact of delivery on a mother's self-perception of birth. Apart from this dance, other performances by the Seamcla Initiative discuss important medical issues such as physician-provider communication, and shared decision-making. Today, I'm leading an ongoing project that explores how performative medicine can influence medical trainees. Overall, these diverse experiences have made me realize that being creative in medicine is an empowering opportunity to open minds in a field that is constantly evolving.
6: My name is Nitin Kapoor, and I pursue creativity in medicine by writing. I moved to this country from India when I was just four years old and I didn't speak a word of English. I was raised in a very small town in Louisiana, and I guess you could say my love of expressing myself through writing really started early, although I was not very good at it. Um, I was so used to making A's in all of my other classes, but I really struggled in my English classes. And in fact, the first B that I made was in my second grade English class. And when my parents went to the parent-teacher conference, like most immigrant parents are apt to do, uh, they really grilled my teacher about why I had made a B. And my teacher's response to them, this elementary school English teacher in Louisiana in the 1980s, Uh, told them that I would never be successful in my English classes because English had been my second language and I was an immigrant. So you could argue that every step I've taken to (laughs) craft and write and express myself was really to disprove this old English teacher of mine in second grade. Uh, I found her to be a great motivator of mine. I went on to become an English major in college, and in an alternative life, if I had not become a doctor, I really probably would have become a professor of English uh, literature. I ended up not writing much in medical school, but I started writing again in residency. I was very lucky to be able to attend a residency program that had the opportunity for resident physicians to participate in a writer's workshop, It was here that I wrote and I crafted two very personal essays uh, that I ended up submitting for publication and they were accepted for publication. Ironically, one of these essays actually described what it felt like to deal with a racist patient. And in the essay, I really framed my understanding of racism in the context of my very early experiences as a child experiencing this uh, growing up in Louisiana. Another essay dealt with what it meant to counsel a medically obese patient when I myself was struggling with my weight. Writing has always taught me how to think about things. It's helped me to understand what I've seen and experienced. For me, it's a mirror to the mind and a way to make sense of the insensible. In some ways, then, when the pandemic arrived in the U.S. and Black Lives Matter movements advocated for racial justice and against police brutality, you would have expected that I would really turn to writing as a way to process my feelings. But I found that the first few months of the pandemic were really spent living with a lot of fear and uncertainty and anger. And I was really struggling to find an outlet to explore these feelings. And it was really only months into the pandemic that I finally remembered how useful writing had been for me all throughout my life as a way of processing feelings. And it was only then that I started to go back to writing, to go back to looking at old essays that I had written, that had been rejected, and to start the process of resubmitting those old essays. Um, I decided I wanted to take a summer online writing class in the evenings. And it was almost as though this current moment that we lived in, this moment of great change and uncertainty, really forced me to recognize what was most important in my life, both personally, but yes, also professionally. And it was a moment of great epiphany for me to recognize that writing was one of those things. Despite this, it's very hard for me to take myself seriously when it comes to my writing. I know that I'm a good doctor. I am confident of my skills in the exam room, but when it comes to my writing, I doubt myself. I think to myself, other people are so much better at this than I am, so I probably shouldn't even try. The challenge for me then has really been to be able to force myself to continue to write, to tell myself that my voice and my contribution is important, that I have a unique perspective that deserves to be heard. And when I really fall into moments of self-doubt or my essays have been rejected, which they have been so many times, I really find it helpful to turn not to other doctors, but to other creative types. I really feel like professionals, like actors and writers and comedians, are so familiar with the reality of getting rejected and failing at their craft before eventually becoming successful. Um, Denzel Washington once said in a commencement speech that if you don't fail, you're not even trying. And the writer, actor, and comedian Sarah Cooper, who I'm sure most of you know because she's become very famous for her for her Trump impersonations on TikTok, has a great article online titled, Do You Take Yourself Seriously? It really describes how much she herself, second-guessed her own self before becoming successful at her craft. I find her to be a great inspiration when I think about what the creative process means and how much you have to to fail in order to succeed. My advice to physicians and others in medicine who are struggling with how to balance both careers in medicine and creative careers is really to remember that your creative voices are as important as the voices you have in your exam rooms with your patients. Being a writer has made me a better doctor, and I know that being a doctor has always informed my own writing. I love both, and I would encourage everyone who feels that they have an important creative voice to continue to exercise that voice especially now.
7: My name is Jet Patterson, and I'm a PGY2 in internal medicine and pediatrics at UT Southwestern Medical Center in Dallas. I dabble in several artistic pursuits. I I like to sketch. I help my husband with his photography business, but the real passion that I've always returned to in creativity has been playing the piano and songwriting. I started playing the piano when I was five, I did lessons like so many of us, but I actually really loved it and I stuck with it all through high school. Um, I also love to sing and I really grew up doing these things in my church. So there's always been something very spiritual to me about playing the piano and expressing myself through song. It's a place where I really feel I can connect with my inner emotions and process experiences, whether those are beautiful or difficult. And that's something that has served me so well uh, in my first couple of years of residency because this job can be incredibly challenging, but I've drawn so much inspiration from the people I've met and the stories that they share with me and the things that I've witnessed with my own eyes. So I'm including a recording of my favorite song that I have written since starting my residency. It's called Lazarus. This song is really special to me. I wrote it a few months ago about a patient experience that I know will stay with me forever. Uh, This person should have died by all accounts, but miraculously survived. And I and the rest of the medical team were left with a sense of incredible wonder at not only how miraculous the recovery had been, but how we had been so wrong in all of, our, all of our expertise. It was such a good reminder that even in medicine, things can be based on faith and, and best conjecture, that we don't have all the answers. It was very humbling uh, and also just evoked that sense of wonder that I felt so often when I would play the piano in my church growing up. So I hope that this song called Lazarus speaks to you and maybe helps you connect with something that you've also experienced. It can be difficult to carve out time for creativity in this job. It was something that I was really concerned about before starting residency, but what I found is that if you're willing to compromise on other things that are less meaningful, like Netflix binging, not trying to target anyone, (laughs) um, the time is always there. And you'll be so thankful that you spent it doing something that fills you up because you then have more to give to yourself and to your patients. I'm not sitting down hammering out a song every single month in residency. There are obviously some rotations that are much more time consuming than others, but I'm always really thankful for the moments when I have time to stop and reflect and realize that This job is helping me connect even more with my creativity by all the inspiration it provides. So I would encourage anyone who pursues art and medicine to keep both going. It makes you a richer person. It helps you connect with your patients. And it's just a lot of fun. So thanks for the chance to tell you about what I do. I hope you enjoy the song, and I hope you stay creative.
0: was so incredibly beautiful thank you to all our contributors for sharing their talents with us today this episode was made possible with all of your words and your support so thank you everyone and thanks for listening if you like what you're hearing don't forget to subscribe tell a friend leave a review we would love to hear from you
6: and if you have any questions comments or concerns you can email us at doctors who at gmail.com
1: or tweet us at doctorscreate. create or check out our website doctorswhocreate.com
3: to listen to our podcast episodes and also to check out other
0: articles
1: and profiles of physicians who are creative.
0: Intro music brought to you by the band Nightfloat.